And there I was, laying down, watching it all unfold before my very eyes. People in bikinis, walking around, swimming in a pool, palm trees around, and on the horizon, you could see the Pacific Ocean. And then, on the screen, pops up, temperature, 72 degrees. And I thought to myself, I may have just made a best friend here. Welcome to Art House Radio. I'm your host, Troy Ramos. This is episode 152. Uh, I am broadcasting live from Detroit, where, as you may know, it is cold quite often, like five or six months out of the year. Why I'm here, I don't know. But we're going to get to the bottom of this movie, and that's the most important thing. Now, if you hear that heater in the background, that's keeping me alive, so you're just going to have to deal with that. I can't turn it off. It's very cold here. Uh, We have an early-onset winter grumpiness happening here. It got very cold very quickly. The average temperature is close to 50 degrees, but for some reason, it's in the teens. And I don't know why. It started early. Uh, The Farmer's Almanac says that it's supposed to be a warmer, drier winter. I'm not seeing it. I think the farmers are lying. But we've a long way to go, so we'll see what happens. Every once in a while, every once in a while, I like to go back and watch movies that I haven't seen in quite some time, or watch vintage movies that I've never seen, like L.A. Story. I like to see what happens uh, to these movies over the course of time, like a grape that's been massaged by the feet of a connoisseur and stuffed in a bottle for the pleasure of the elites. L.A. Story is a 1991 movie. It's listed as a fantasy drama. I don't know what that means. Is that like the never-ending story? Is that the same category? Because that's not what I thought putting this DVD in. By the way, since DVDs were just mentioned by me, uh, I'm getting into DVDs because streaming services are kind of disappointing lately. They are, you know, uh, they don't always have the selection. And, you know, especially for someone like me, Detroit's close to the Canadian border. I'm traveling back and forth. Uh, You know, one country has something and another country doesn't. Uh... It's very annoying. I'm not sure what the delay is, but you'd think that a half a mile difference in countries would warrant some sort of like green zone where the Netflix applies to both. Can we get a Netflix, a comprehensive Netflix policy uh, when it comes to international streaming? I mean, come on. I'm sure, uh, um, was it Bellingham, Washington, or someplace in Montana, or upper Minnesota? Or Wisconsin, they're probably going through the same thing. They're, you've got someone on one side of the border, and uh, they're going to the other side, and they can't watch Kirby Enthusiasm. It's really dumb. I don't understand it. In any case, L.A. Story, starring Steve Martin, Victoria Tennant, and Sarah Jessica Parker. On IMDb, I get 6.7 out of 10, which I think is close to what I would give it. I would give it a little bit less than that. Um, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Can't trust them anymore, I don't think. And 4 out of 4 by Roger Ebert, who is dead, but apparently is still writing reviews. Why does Roger Ebert get uh, his own category? If you look up any movie, you'll see like those three things uh, that give you the idea of what a movie is. Roger Ebert should not be on there. He may have been okay while he was alive, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he did while he was alive. And I certainly don't want him to write reviews posthumously. Who's writing these reviews? These are like reviews from at the time. But over time, 
things change. Your perception of movies changes. I mean, uh, you know, some things hold up and some things don't. Uh, And some things are better than what you remember. I think L.A. Story is going to be something... You know what? Let me back up a second and say this. I want to do this podcast like I expect the stars of the films or the artists or the musicians that I'm talking about will be listening to the show. I'm, I want you to know that I am trying to be respectful and it's just my stupid opinion. I'm an idiot. I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I, I want to do this show with uh, some sort of reverence or I want the people who are listening to this to feel like there's some thought put into these reviews. So, um, when Roger Ebert reviewed this movie, he thought it was a masterpiece. That's what it seemed like to me. I, I disagree with him. I would give it a 6.2 out of 10 stars. Now, that's a good rating. That's a, you should see this movie. There are some funny parts, and there are some interesting things happening. Um... But it's clearly not a great review. I think IMDb is closest with its 6.7. I think uh, it's a little bit less than that. Um, it's Steve Martin. He's great, right? But uh, this, this, this misses for me for the most part. And I'm going to get into why. So in the Roger Ebert review, he talks about um, how Steve Martin took seven years to write this film. If you're unfamiliar with the film, it's uh, he plays a character who's an L.A. weatherman, a wacky American L.A. weatherman, who uh, is unhappy in a relationship and through a couple of different uh, um, adventures ends up with someone that he meets at a party, Victoria Tennant, who's a British journalist from London who comes to L.A. to do a story. They end up together. It's not a completely unique storyline. Uh, there are some interesting things that happen. Um, but it took him seven years to write. You know, I just, for me, paralysis by analysis sets in after about six months. I think if you don't have something quickly, I, I find it really hard to believe that you've got something at all. So, I know it was maybe off and on, but this is just to write the movie? Seven years? That's a long time. It's a really long time to dedicate yourself to a project. I can't imagine dedicating myself to something that long and being happy with it, at least. I'm sure I could do it. I've got that determination, but whether the project is right after seven years, I don't know, man. It seems like it's just not happening, and maybe it was forced. So, uh, for me, this film is a little bit schizophrenic in terms of the tone. It moves from slapstick to avant-garde to uh, drama to romantic comedy. I don't know what's happening here. And maybe the film is bigger than I am. Maybe it's smarter than I am. I, I, it's very possible. But I, I, I just don't see it. It, it kind of... there When it's in one idea, like, you know... A romantic comedy or it's avant-garde if you if it stayed with that then I can kind of see it a little bit or it, it digests a little bit better but when you're 
you're sort of into this thing and you're not sure what to make of it already. And somewhere towards the end, Steve Martin's character is walking out of his hotel room to a restaurant with his friend. And he asks his friend, what's that sound? And he hears bells, like church bells playing. And his friend says, oh, those are my testicles. Like, what? What are you talking about? There was no... There, we never talked about his testicles before. He's not even that relevant to the plot. It's a weird joke to make. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's happening in a lot of this movie. Uh, it, it's, it's just... It, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work. Um, and, and one more reason why it doesn't work is that I don't really buy the chemistry between Victoria Tennant's character and Steve Martin's character. There just isn't a spark. I think there was more of a spark between him and Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker plays like this 24-year-old, very bubbly, very energetic um, a woman with whom Steve Martin goes away on a weekend adventure before he realizes that he wants to be with Victoria Tennant, the London journalist. And I, I, I think they were a better match, Steve Martin and Sarah Jessica Parker. They were. They were great. And the person with whom I watched this, that's two whom's I've dropped, by the way, uh, mentioned that you don't see many characters in movies anymore like Sarah Jessica Parker's character in this film. She had been accused in reviews that I had read of being an airhead, which I think is unfair. She's just someone who's happy and content with the way things are. You know, you could see her as like the kind of person who walks from one room to another and there's a pumpkin in the room and she goes, oh, pumpkins, I love pumpkins. That's not an airhead. That's just someone who's willing to have a good interaction with something that's just presented them to her or them to someone I don't know. I liked it, uh, that aspect. And I will say this. Let me say something that I really liked about the film. And there are a few funny moments, but, but I think this is the most important thing. Would we see main characters played by actors that age now? I don't think so. I think the answer is no. Most of the characters, the main characters in this film, were, I don't know, at least late 30s at least probably mid 40s you you won't see that in a film nowadays it, it think about Woody, Woody Allen's Manhattan or Annie Hall those were all played by adults and I think there's something missing when, when you can't have someone who's 40 someone who's 40 can't always play the dad nowadays we're, we're too infantilized I think and this that's one thing I'll give this movie credit for is that it it told an adult story and it presented it with adults not 25 year olds not late 20s early 30s hipsters that's a good thing okay so I would give it 6.2 stars I think you should see it just so you can tell me what you thought of it Um, you can write to me at arthouse43 everywhere or arthouse43.com and I won't read your comment online unless you say that I can so please I want to hear from you. I want, to know what, I want to know who's out there listening to this. Let me know what you think. Have you watched it recently? Do you, do, am I wrong? Do you, do you love it? Is it something that you cuddle up to uh, every so often? I have this thing where I live in a cold climate. I'm not sure why. Uh, it's something I struggle with every day that I get up. I groan and moan. And I have this thing where I like to uh, cuddle up to L.A.-based movies. L.A. Confidential and maybe L.A. Story. Uh, Mulholland Drive, things like this. Things where I can feel the hotness, 
you know, maybe the show Marin. I just like to feel, I like to feel like I'm a part of the, the sensible, the logical climate uh, hunter-gatherer, the modern-day version of that. I, I, I don't understand how people settled in a region that gets negative um, 20. It's stupid. I don't understand it. But anyway, that's the thing that I do. That's one of the reasons I picked Ellie's story, uh, besides the fact that it was a dollar in the DVD section of a game store, and I'm kind of into you know, picking DVDs since the streaming services have issues. Okay, well, that's it for me. I hope that you enjoyed this. I would love for you to write me at hardhouse43, hardhouse43.com. Let me know what you think. And uh, I will see you on the next episode, episode 153. Until then, I hope you have a great holiday season. I'll say that many times before the end of the year. Nevertheless, it stays true. It rings true every time I say it. All right, friends, until the next episode.